This episode is going to be a bit different. I'm usually the one doing the interviewing, but this time I'm on the other end of the mic. A former Finding Founders editor, Nathan Tower, invited me on his podcast, The Phasey Wave Show. He did a great job of bringing my story to life. So without further ado, here's the episode. You know, like early on when we were doing all of our interviews in person, like I... I I, I would get in all these weird situations, like doing DMT with one of the guests, or like doing DMT with one of the guests, or like doing DMT with one of the guests, or like basically this is this is my this is what happens every time. I'm like, fuck, something's not working out and or something's too slow. I get super anxious and I'm like, ah, oh, what do I do with all this anxiety? And then I just start another project. For me, it's like, I hate this feeling. Ah, and then let me do something. Let me like work out. Let me play piano. Let me create a new business. So I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to do something here with this anxiety while this stuff is, is being, is wait, like is, is in this transition period because there's nothing I can do right now but uh, I need to put that anxiety somewhere. And I've always used anxiety as fuel to create new things. I've definitely read my fair share of anxiety is destroying me, how can I stop it books? But that method, the one Sam just described, that's not one I've come across in any of the self-help books I've added to my shelf. But over the last couple months, as I've gotten to know Samuel Donner, the brain behind the Finding Founders podcast, it actually makes sense. I applied to a job I found through LinkedIn for some audio editing work. It turned out to be Finding Founders. Oh, and it was pro bono, which I was not super thrilled about. But I figured I'd go through the interview process and see what was up. What I found was a polished podcast machine. Seriously, I was not expecting that. Born from a UCLA dorm room in March of 2019, I was rather taken back by how operationally sound the Finding Founders show was. And remember, no one was getting paid. Granted, everyone seemed to be like 20 years old or at least a very recent college grad, which I am not. But the dedication, the attention to detail, and the open dialogue surrounding feedback and learning, it was dialed in. It started with um, just thinking what I would want. Like, I I was, you know, when, when I started Finding Founders, I was really scared to like seize power feels too aggressive but like i was i was i was afraid of a position of power i was like i i because i i didn't want i didn't want to feel i didn't want i didn't want to be exploiting people to for for my dream or 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 for for the the vision that i had for my life and then the company and so because I had that fear of like, I don't want to exploit these people. I want to make sure that they're enjoying this experience and it's not turning into the, you know, Samuel Donner show. That's one of the reasons that I named it Finding Founders. And, you know, because people, you know, the Tim Ferriss show and, and like I, I wanted it to be uh, uh, I wanted it to be different from who I was. And I want I didn't want it just to be like all centered, like me centered. Uh, all the time and even initially I, I was thinking that I wouldn't do all the interviews because I didn't want to monopolize any one part of the 
the company and like the vision. I wanted it to be a platform where people could come in and achieve what they wanted to, but just using Finding Founders as a vehicle. And so I think because I was I had that fear and that initial, I don't know, it maybe it was a, a, just a, a little bit of, of being scared of of leadership that actually stuck with the org in a really good way. I, I always had that thing in the back of my mind is like, what are these people going to get out of it? And how can I make sure that my goals and their goals are aligned? And so that's why I think the org has been so sticky and people have been around for a couple of years is because that intention of, I want to make sure you are growing as much as I am. And I want to make sure that I actually provide you opportunities outside of FF and um, outside of the org. And I'm not jealous of you going somewhere else or taking other opportunities. The point is to either you stay and grow and develop and, and you're here with us or you stay, grow and develop and then you're ready for your next opportunity. You know, we've grown to 40 people and we're about to take on 10 to 15 more. I mean, it's a lot of iteration, right? Like when we first started, it was just me, right? And I was trying to produce the episodes that we're trying to produce now um but it would take me two three months and it would take forever i would do like six interviews in a month and then it would take half a year for me to get through those six interviews uh and then when i started bringing people on the the timeline to produce episodes got shorter and shorter till until really in 2020 that's when we decided let's do an episode every week and then midway through 2020 it's like, let's do two episodes every week. And we just started getting better and better at that production machine. But it was a lot of iteration and a lot of, you know, the each team actually goes through ebbs and flows in terms of being mm. able to produce and being and, and also where morale is. And I you just like you have to dial those knobs in. You know, we're like, okay, how's morale on this team? How are, how is their ability to produce? I've actually noticed that a team's ability to produce is totally different decoupled from morale um mm. i found that when teams are struggling morale is actually higher when there's like a challenge in trying to make something work morale actually goes up but when when things are working really well which they have for the last i'd say a couple months maybe like three months things have been working pretty much like clockwork it took a long time to get there but i think morale is dipping because there's not a a challenge and so now we're with these new people we're going to really prioritize video and i think that's going to be a, the next challenge break things but then increase morale if you've listened to finding founders which i highly recommend in particular that lsd psilocybin series the story arc is incredibly important and as the host of the finding founders show sam knows well how to navigate that story arc so who then is navigating his arc in terms of career, in terms of growth, he's fearless when it comes to sitting down with high-profile guests. Really, it's no big deal. And Sam's talent hasn't gone unnoticed. Things have started to get interesting for him recently. Uh, I got invited to this dinner in Nashville it's like, with Mark Cuban and a few other of like the um, people at this, there's this event called Podcast Movement where a bunch of people who are interested in podcasting fly out to Nashville hear a bunch of conferences um, and talk to each other. And um, it was event launching this new app called Fireside, which is actually kind of cool. And so I get invited to this dinner and I'm thinking like, okay, 
this dinner's probably going to have a thousand people in it. It's like a dinner, but it's going to be more just like what it's like on the uh, the the main floor where there's a thousand people running around. Mark Cuban's going to be on stage, and that's what the dinner's going to be like. I arrive at the location, and it's like this small restaurant. And I'm like, okay, well, they'll probably have the whole restaurant booked out and there'll be a ton of people and Mark Cuban will be swarmed and he'll be on stage and I, you know, I won't get to talk to him or whatever. Um, and then I'm like, Hey, I'm here for the fireside event. And they said, Oh, right this way. And so they take me through all the restaurant past all the people who are eating. And then through this like secret door, the door opens and then there's another door and that door opens and there's maybe 20 people in this back room with an amazing spread of food, a personal like bartender that's serving everyone free drinks, open bar. And I, I look around and these are all the people that I look up to in the podcast space. These are my... I'd say like like the, the heroes that I've looked up to like, okay, I'm like one day, like the podcast is going to be that big. I'm going to be interviewing those kinds of people. And so I just start talking to people and a few of the people I've actually interviewed on the podcast were like, hey, like great seeing you, man. Like it's been a sec. Um, and so I, I talked to a bunch of people and then I noticed that the room almost like hushes a little bit. And, and I'm like, All right, why, why has the dynamic changed in the room? And I'm just, you know, chatting some people up. And then I look behind me and Mark Cuban comes into the room and he has this entourage of people filming him and he's wearing a mic and he's giving people handshakes and everyone's like, everyone's like, Mark Cuban's here, but they're trying to be, oh, I'm involved in this conversation. I'm not just staring at Mark yeah. Cuban, right? Oh, you didn't even notice. I didn't even notice. Whatever. But everyone's definitely noticing and like seeing where he is in the room and where they are in the room. And then, you know, he starts chatting with a couple people and a circle forms around him, maybe of like six people. And he starts talking about this app Fireside. And he's like, oh, like this app is amazing because uh, never before have you been able to interact with your audience one on one. And essentially Fireside is almost like clubhouse but with more audience interaction um and they have a little bit of a um like they, they it's like a, a podcast studio in your pocket that's one of their like framings so you can record locally your like you know stuff that you need to um which is kind of cool but he was saying it was cool because you had add emojis and respond to people when they're talking and then i was like i don't know if that's cool i don't think that's that, that's interesting and so then we just had a conversation about what I thought was the most interesting part, which is the podcaster in your pocket thing. And I said that audience interaction, I don't think is that interesting. Um, but, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I like, you know, create room for being wrong. And basically, like, I, I, everyone was agreeing with him and being like, oh, like that, you're, you're so great. And you're doing uh, amazing stuff. And I, I think I was the only dissonant voice in the crowd, which made it stand out more. The, I, I had the same demeanor with the A-list people as with you or with, you know, with the friend. Like, it's not, I don't think there needs to be some reverence for that person. You just need to have respect for everyone that you interact with, regardless of status. And so I just have that respect, but I don't, I'm not trying to pull my thoughts or, or people please. And my biggest thing is I hate disingenuous people mm. like that just rubs I, and, and i feel like i'm pretty good at spotting it 
And so this podcaster, then, you know, we, the, the conversation shifts and this podcaster, who's like a big podcaster space, comes over and joins the circle. And he's laughing twice as hard at Mark Cuban's jokes. He's like rubbing up his like his head against his shoulder. He's repeating his name a ton of times so like Mark Cuban will remember it. And it was the most obvious play to get attention from this guy. It was just it, it was it was servile. It was being a sycophant, right? Like, and this guy doesn't need to do that. He is you know, one of the biggest podcasters in the space. You do not need to kiss ass that much. And so then I go over to the bar because I'm kind of sick of it and order a drink. And then who should show up but Mark Cuban? It's just me and him at the bar. And so we start talking. And then I asked him about, you know, how do you deal with people that are always trying to please you? Um, and he said, it's easy to be nice. It's much easier for me to just be nice and let it roll off my back knowing that you know, this is a disingenuous person than to correct that behavior in the moment. It's way harder. It takes a lot more energy and it's probably a futile endeavor. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, that's really interesting. So finished the conversation. It was really, really interesting. He's a very smart and nice guy. Um, and then I go over and talk to one of my other friends that I interviewed. I make some comment about him being like the cool, aloof, like uh, guy at the party and something, you know, passing joke and comment. And then this guy who was sucking up to Mark Cuban comes over and he's like, what words would you use to describe me, Sam? And I had been like thinking about this, you know, encounter for a while. I'm like, well, I actually have some thoughts on that. You, he, or no, he said, what word would you use to describe me outgoing? And I'm like, outgoing. Yes but also disingenuous. Here's why. And I basically just laid out my perception of that Mark Cuban interaction. He actually, you know, he listened and asked some questions and asked why I didn't give like the negative connotation to my other, the other friend. And it's like, well, he didn't ask me to, to give him his, you know, assessment. But it, in looking back, I shouldn't have given that unsolicited advice. I don't think uh, it was the right moment for it. And I tried to say it in as nice way as possible. I'm like, hey, like you're like a really successful guy. Like you don't need to be creating these false relationships. If you're just you, you know, you'll, I think, have better relationships. So that is my long-winded answer of saying I don't really change my personality much to uh, to adapt to certain situations. I try to be as consistent as possible. Focusing on consistency instead of obsessing over being perfect is something you'll hear Sam talk about a lot. Though, in the entrepreneurial ecosystem, it's no easy feat. What's so interesting about the people Sam sits down with to interview is everyone's story comes with a very steep climb, a messy beginning, a total fucking disaster that led to micro-micro learnings and lessons that over time help shape the business product, whatever it may be, into something. Or nothing. Overnight success? You really won't find much of it if you sift through the FF catalog. And there's a good bit of it, so go for it. The point is, for every entrepreneur from Mark Cuban to the hundreds of guests that Sam has interviewed over the last few years, you won't find a how-to guide. And if they have one, it's definitely not a one-size-fits-all approach. So if hustle and grinding is your thing, go ahead, hustle hard. But it seems like instead of a relentless, disingenuous dick missile path to success, 
Real growth may come from learning hard. Small bites that move the needle and let honest, consistent evolution occur. Listen, everyone will tell you their recipe. Just ask. But for Samuel Donner, sometimes you got to climb down into a bunker a few hundred feet under the ground to let that curious spirit and anxiety fuel the next chapter. We're doing a series on alternative communities. And one of the subsections of those communities that we're looking at are, are doomsday preppers. So I had a conversation with a guy a couple days ago. Uh, he, ha he creates bunkers for billionaires. So underground bunkers in remote locations for these like billionaire people that you know are, are super secretive about where those bunkers are and who they are and i was like oh i saw your you know you know in california um in del mar which is not too far away let's do the interview in person um would love to chat with you uh about this bunker operation and he's like that would be cool but what if you flew out to north dakota to this airport where you will meet my private plane and will fly to the airstrip uh, at this undisclosed location where my biggest bunker is. And we can do the interview inside the bunker next to the underground pool and the spiral staircase. And I'm like, bet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, I'm very excited to, to explore these underground bunkers and have experiences like that. Like I, I never want to stop having experiences like that talking to these interesting people going to these interesting places like, i think that's what i really love and i want to make sure that's always a part of um of finding founders and, and of the work that i do because that feeds my creativity so all the operational stuff is just a way to feed the soul right like i just mm -hmm. want to create a system that feeds the soul and feeds the souls of others and so i'm going to keep doing awesome interviews all around the world and i'm and i'm very excited to do that but uh, i'm also excited to grow finding founders into an entity on itself Thank you for listening. Make sure you go check out the Finding Founders podcast. You can find it at www.findingfounders.co or just search it wherever you stream. And if you're interested in becoming an audio editor or a script writer or working on sequencing or learning about the podcasting process, definitely reach out to those guys. They're always taking on new folks. It's an incredibly awesome team to work with. I really want to thank Sam for his time and his stories, half of which I couldn't jam into this episode. Uh, but really, thank you for your continued support for the Phasey Wave show. It's 2021. It's September. We're already well into this year, almost through it. I hope you're learning. I hope you're growing. I hope you're staying healthy. And I hope you're getting weirder. We'll talk to you soon.